Thanks for joining us for the special Mid-East Prophecy Edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. shares the Mideast prophecy update from an Arab perspective as he connects the dots of current events geopolitically with last day's prophecies biblically. It is our belief that the next event on God's prophetic clock is the rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ. It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for His return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. You might believe that a pastor's role is to share the gospel with others and reach out to them. However, you yourself begin to lead a routine existence. But is this really what God wants from you? Pastor J.D. explains in today's message how God has selected you to share the gospel with the people in your life. Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update at jdfarag.org. Now, here's Pastor J.D. with today's Prophecy Update as shared on November 12, 2023. Let's get started. What I want to do today is pose the question by way of an analogy of whether I'm a prophecy paramedic or a prophecy police. Let me explain. When there's been an accident, the police and the paramedics will arrive at the scene, both having different distinct purposes. Now, while the police will assist with the injured if need be, their primary purpose is to assess what happened and whose fault it was, who's in the wrong. However, when the paramedics arrive on the scene, their primary purpose is to assist the injured and to quickly get them to a physician. You probably already know where I'm going with this, so I'll get right to it. What we need right now are paramedics because the world is crashing and burning. And this according to exactly what we're told would happen in Bible prophecy. And think about this, we're the ones that are on the scene, as it were. And we today are on the prophetic scene as the world is crashing and burning right in front of us, And it's the likes of which we have never, ever seen before. So again, the question, what is my posture? Is it that of being a police, assessing fault? Who's in the wrong? Or a paramedic assisting the injured? Hopefully we can answer with the latter by virtue of how the paramedic is needed now more than ever to get those with the greatest need to the great physician, Jesus the Christ. We need more Christian paramedics. The harvest is ready. The injured are many. Where are all the paramedics? Where are the laborers? 
Pray to the Lord of the harvest. Because we've got to get people to Jesus. He's the great physician. Luke's Gospel chapter 5. Very interesting account. I love it because it's about my son Levi. Actually, I, I have a son. His name is Levi. But uh, it's about Levi having a great dinner in his home where he had invited Jesus. And Jesus accepted the invitation. By the way, whenever you invite Jesus, He'll accept the invitation. So He's there. And good for Levi. He invited his former colleagues, all of his friends. In fact, the narrative is quite specific. It says a great number of his IRS friends. No, because that's what he did before Jesus said, follow me. He was an IRS. He wasn't just an IRS agent. He was an auditor, tax collector, uh, the, the most despised. So all of these guys were his, his former co-workers and associates. And so he's like, hey, I'm going to have a dinner at my home, and I want you guys to come, and I'm, I have a special guest. And so they came. And they're eating, and they're sitting together. They're talking story. And here come the scribes and the Pharisees, the police. Always policing everyone. And they already started their investigation and even interrogation. Why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? Jesus answers. I love this, verse 31. Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. Truth be made known, they were the ones in the greatest need of the great physician. Dare I say, the world is sick. And by the way, if you work for the IRS, we love you. Just needed to make sure we got that. Uh, but would you agree with me that the world is sick and dying today? Would you agree also with me that what the world needs now more than ever is the great physician? He's the only one that can heal and save both now and for eternity. If you really think about it, the reason the world is crashing and burning in the first place is because of sin. In a way, one could say that had it not been for the sin in the world, there would be no need for the Savior of the world. So it's a sick and dying world, and Jesus is the great physician and the Savior of the world. So why am I starting out this way? I'm starting out this way and building upon this analogy, because no matter who you are, or where you are, this is what you are to be about. Now please hear me out. I in no way wish to come off like I'm talking down to you. I'm sharing my heart with you. But the onus is on you. As the pastor, we are to equip you. We are to equip you to get Jesus to people and people to Jesus. I think there's a misnomer, and that's an understatement in a way, and sadly 
uh, it has, I think, been the reason for many of the problems that we're experiencing today with a feckless church, especially here in America. Because see, we've drawn this line between the laity and the clergy. Well, that's the pastor's job, not so fast. What if I told you that you can actually reach people that I could never reach? What if I also told you that God has uniquely positioned you right where you're at for such a time as this, and you can reach people that would not give me the time of day? This became a, uh, <laughs> I'll never forget when I, when I sold my business and entered the ministry, everything changed. My friends, because now I'm clergy. I'm not one of them. So even when I would interact with, you know, someone I didn't know or didn't know me, and then the ultimate inevitable question always came up, what do you do for a living? I'm a pastor. What? <laughs> See, I know as soon as I tell them I'm a pastor, whoop, there goes the wall. And I usually hear something like this, oh, excuse my French. Listen, buddy, that wasn't French, okay? But you're excused. All of a sudden now they're on their best behavior, and now they're talking to me differently, because I'm clergy, most holy reverend. So now there's this big chasm between me and them, but not you, because you work with them. You go over to their home and have dinner with them, and they come over to your home and have dinner with you. You have a relationship with them. You're on a level playing field with them. You're friends with them. And like I said, I only have two friends. They're both named Steve. <laughs> but you have, you have access to people that pastors do not and cannot have access to. Pastor, where are you going with this? Because I'm going into this and harping on this, because I think that, ah, this, I don't want this to come off wrong, but you're not excused. You're not excused. Because God has put you in that position right where you're at. People are asking good questions right now, aren't they? with everything that's going on in the world. And I want to get into this, but I want to ask you this question, and please just bear with me and think through this with me. Here's a sincere question from the clergy <laughs> to you as the laity. Could it be that God has you in that job that you're working at, or in that neighborhood that you're living in, or shopping at that one particular store that you always frequent, so that you can answer the questions that many are asking right now, and rightfully so. You're right there. And maybe I can ask them, maybe they can answer this for me. And the key word here is ask, because they are asking questions. Believe me, they're asking questions. The question isn't, are they 
this is a, <laughs> the question isn't, are they asking questions? The question is, of whom do they ask the questions of? Well, this is First Peter chapter 3. You know, it's worse. It gets worse. I'm just warning you now. We, we know this well. We've talked about this. We went verse by verse through First Peter. I want to draw your attention to verses 15 and 16, chapter 3, First Peter. But in your hearts set apart Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer. Listen, give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But, and this is important, do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience, so that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. This is packed pretty full. If you'll just allow me to expound briefly on this very important passage. First thing I want to expound on is that it's not we tell them, no, we answer them. And we have to be at the ready for them for when, I better said, if they ask, because maybe that's the question. They're not asking me. Hmm. Well, if they're not asking you to give the reason for the hope that you have, could it be that you have no hope? So why would they ask you? They're looking at you going, I thought I had problems. No, they're looking at you going, man, that, that guy's just different. The world is crashing and burning. This guy, I want what he's taking. I'll drink what he's drinking. The problem is he's not taking or drinking anything. He has Jesus. So we create a, a curiosity. You know what salt, where the salt and light does, right? Salt creates thirst, flavor. So they're looking at your life and you've behaved differently, peculiar peculiarly, that word, which I should have had in my notes, I knew it. But you're peculiar, you're different, you're, you're not like everybody else freaking out right now. In fact, instead of freaking out, as everything is crashing down, you're looking up. You all know, you know, that uh, at an at a intersection, a crosswalk at the corner, you're waiting for the walk light, and, and, and you just look up, everybody's like, what are you looking at? You weirdo. <laughs> wait, wait, I'm looking up. Yeah, but have you seen what is happening? I know. Uh, when the outlook looks that bad, try the uplook. I'm looking up. I have hope. I have joy. In fact, He's my only hope, and He's your only hope too, and the only hope for this sick and dying fallen world. And I'm looking up because He said, look up. So when you see these things crashing and burning all around you, look up because your redemption draws nigh. So don't think for a second they don't notice that, and they want to ask you about that, because you've got something they want. Isn't it true when, when somebody has something that you want that you don't have, you'll ask them about it and even for it? 
because you got hope. I don't. What's the reason for the hope that you have that I don't have? I'm so glad you asked, because I'm going to give you the answer, because I'm already prepared at the ready. I'm always prepared at the ready to give an answer to anyone who will ask me, why are you so weird that way? Why are you so peculiar? What, what are you smiling about? What are you laughing about? What, why do you have so much joy? And how is it that you have hope? Because I'm hopeless. But you have hope. And by the way, how about this? <laughs> I'm talking to myself. You don't even need to be here for this. Do this with gentleness and respect. Don't be obnoxious. I have the gift of obnoxiousness. And be respectful, by the way. Be gentle, be respect, be patient, and wait. Patiently wait for them to ask you. And by the way, give them a reason to ask you for the reason for your hope. Because if they're not asking, then that, that might be a pretty good indication that they really don't want to ask you about anything, because you don't have anything that they want to ask you about. I don't want to beat this thing up too much, but the key here, and it's going to be germane to our understanding what I believe the Lord has put on my heart to share with you today in, in the prophecy update, is we must be at the ready with the answer on tap. That's a poor illustration, shouldn't have used that. That was a flashback from the day just at the ready, rightly dividing the word of truth so you're not like all embarrassed, you know, ashamed. You know, is that in the Bible? Yeah, it's um, First Fleshalonians chapter, that was pretty bad, but it was good in a bad way. So in other words, I have to rightly divide the word of truth at the ready to give an answer so I won't be ashamed. I won't be embarrassed so that I'm prepared for when, hopefully when, somebody asks me about the hope that I have. So what I want to do is provide three practical examples of how we can answer everyone who asks us about our hope in a world that has no hope. The first example is going to be specific to Israel, for obvious reasons, I would think. And how to answer from Bible prophecy concerning the reason for the hope that we have when we see what is happening in and to Israel. So what I did is I do what I always do. I create lists. And this one is an abbreviated list. And it, I think, sums up, for the most part, certainly not exhaustive, some of the often asked questions that we can be prepared with an answer straight from the Word of God. I want to preface this this way, very important. Please hear me. In your preparing and rightly dividing of God's Word, studying to show yourself approved, when you're going through the Word of God, you let the Word of God go through you. When you search the Scriptures, you let the Scriptures search you so that it's not disingenuous. Now, um, 
I know you younger people, you have the Bible on your devices, and that's fine. Uh, but some of us old timers, we like our Bibles, and we don't leave home without it. And they're always at the ready. And many years ago, by way of an example, I, I've had this Bible for over 30 years. I'll never get rid of it. So don't take my Bible from me. This, this Bible has been something about having the Bible, yeah? Been with me through some of the most horrific and painful experiences in my life. And it's been a lamp under my feet and a light under my path, a shield about me. I could go on and on. That's Psalm 119, by the way. So when I was in business, I always kept my Bible in the pocket on the door, the side door. So I was ready, man. I just, I, I was ready. You know, I, I, sometimes I, you know, try to say, you know, my Bible's right there. Ask me a question. Come on. Go ahead, go ahead. I'm ready. Couldn't wait. One day, had this um, guy, a gypsy, by the way. Jesus loves gypsies, just like he loves Arabs. So he's sitting in the passenger seat, and he starts asking me all the right questions. And he says something to me that stunned me and stopped me dead in my tracks. I'll never forget it to this day. This is many years ago now. He says, uh, can you pull over and show me that in your Bible? Because I had already pointed out that I had my Bible. He said, pull over. I, I want to see it. Because see, in their mind, seeing is believing. Jesus said it's actually the opposite. Believing is seeing. So I pulled over. Boy, good thing I knew where to turn. I mean, I had that page marked. I was ready, and I was prepared. His whole countenance changed. Because the question he asked me, I answered it direct, not even my words, directly from God's Word. Not my interpretation of it, my quoting verbatim of it. Is that in the Bible? I said, yeah. He said, can you show me? I sure can. That's a healthy pride, by the way. I just want you to know it's a healthy pride, sanctified pride. Okay. So I, I turn to the page, I show him, and I read it to him. He takes the Bible out of my hand, he reads it himself, changed everything. Do you know that he's walking with Jesus to this day? I stay in contact with him. I've talked with him, uh, it was a while ago now. But just, hey Ronnie, how you doing? And oh, we just talk story and remember all the good memories. And he gave his life to Christ, man. See, the world is asking two questions as they read the letter of your life. The first question, you know these well, right? The first question is, is it real? And the second question is, does it work? And they want it to be real, and they want you to be the real deal, and they want it to work, because if you're real and it works, then that means it can be real for them and work for them. So they want it to be. Are you the real deal? Is this real, and does it work? Is this the truth? They're looking for the way, they're looking for the truth, they're looking for the life, they're looking for Jesus. And we have Jesus to give to them and lead them to. You've been listening to a Prophecy Update with Pastor J.D. Farag on In Spirit and Truth. Thanks for tuning in to study the Word of God. As you continue to learn about the things that are happening all around us and how that relates to the Bible, 
take some time to pray for this nation and for the world as a whole. How all the details will play out is still unknown, but God treasures the prayers that are offered on behalf of His people and the world around them. Continue to delve deep into God's Word on your own and gain some useful insight about these things in addition to what you hear from Pastor J.D. Are there some things that you heard today that really touched home in your heart that you'd appreciate some prayer over? We'd be honored to pray for you. Let us know what those requests are by going to jdfarag.org and then fill out the form under contact. Once again, that website is jdfarag.org. You can also find us on social media. You'll find links to Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube on our website. And we encourage you to follow them so you can stay up to date with all that's happening at Calvary Chapel Kaneohe and in spirit and truth. If you're wanting to access these things on the go, we have a mobile app that's available for iPhone and Android users. Just look under the resources tab. That's all we have time for today, but thanks for joining us. We look forward to our next edition where you'll get the opportunity to hear more insightful things about the days that we're living in and how that intersects with what's been predicted in the Bible. Join us again here on In Spirit and Truth.